fantastic to be able to be in God's presence. And the great thing about it is because we actually have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, we actually have the presence of God with us wherever we go. It doesn't matter if you're at home. It doesn't matter if you're here at Nolan Melissa's factory. It doesn't matter if you're at the shops. It doesn't matter where you are. God's presence is there with us because we actually carry the presence of God with us. But the fact is that has not always been the case. And what I want us to look at this morning is actually where and how the presence of God worked in the Old Testament. How you got to enter the presence of God in the Old Testament. How you got forgiveness. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to read Leviticus 16. So if you've got your Bibles, I don't know if you know that, but our young adults for quite some time have been waking up most mornings and reading the Bible aloud together. Our youth boys have been doing the same thing. Our youth girls have been doing the same thing. There's some ladies in the church that have been getting together in the evenings and reading aloud the word of God. And I have just been reminded over the months I've been doing that of what power there is to actually read the word of God aloud. I often read it in my head. But reading it together with other people and reading it aloud has just brought it to life in a new way. So even though it is 34 chapters long, 34 verses, not chapters, don't worry, we're going to read all 34 verses. And if you've got your Bibles, um, I'd love you to follow along with me. So this is Leviticus, which is in the Old Testament. So we're going to have a read of it and then we're going to have a look and see what God wants to say to us this morning through it. The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron who had died when they approached the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, tell your brother Aaron that he is not to come whenever he chooses into the most holy place behind the curtain in front of the atonement cover on the ark or else he will die. For I will appear in a cloud over the atonement cover. This is how Aaron is to enter the most holy place. Now I just want to stop there and let us all know that Aaron is considered the high priest in the Jewish community at this time. So that's why Aaron is allowed to enter the holies of holies and nobody else can. So reading from verse 3, and this is how Aaron is to enter the most holy place. He must first bring a bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He's to put the sacred linen tunic with linen undergarments next to his body. He is to tie the linen sash around him and put on the linen turban. There are sacred garments. He must bathe himself with water before he puts them on. From the Israelite community, he is to take two male goats for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. Aaron is to offer the bull for his own sin offering to make atonement for himself and his household. Then he's to take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of the meeting. He's to cast lots for the two goats, one for the Lord and the other for the scapegoat. Aaron shall bring the goat whose lot falls to the Lord and sacrifice it for a sin offering. But the goat chosen by lot as a scapegoat must be presented alive before the Lord to be used for making atonement by sending it into the wilderness as a scapegoat. Aaron shall bring the bull for his own sin offering 
to make atonement for himself and his household. He is to slaughter the bull for his own sin offering. He is to take the cedar full of burning coals from the altar before the Lord and two handfuls of finely ground fragrant incense and take them behind the curtain. He is to put the incense on the fire before the Lord and the smoke of the incense will conceal the atonement cover above the tablets of the covenant law so that he will not die. He is to take some of the bull blood and with his finger sprinkle it in front of the atonement cover. Then he shall sprinkle some of it with his fingers seven times before the atonement cover. He shall then slaughter the goat for the sin offering for the people and take its blood behind the curtain and do as he did with the bull's blood. He shall sprinkle it on the atonement cover and in front of it. In this way he will make atonement for the most holy place because of the uncleanliness and rebellion of the Israelites, whatever their sin has been. He's to do the same for the tent of meeting, which is among them in the midst of their uncleanliness. No one is to be in the tent of the meeting from the time Aaron goes in to make atonement in the most holy place until he comes out. Having made atonement for himself, his household and the whole community of Israel. Then he shall come out of the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for him. He shall take some of the bull's blood and some of the goat's blood and put it on all the horns of the altar. He shall sprinkle some of the blood on it with his fingers seven times to cleanse it and to consecrate it for the uncleanliness of the Israelites. When Aaron has finished making atonement for the most holy place, the tent of meeting in the altar, he shall bring forth the live goat. He is to lay both the head, both hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites, all their sins, and put them on the goat's head. He shall send the goat away into the wilderness in the care of someone appointed for the task. The goat will carry on itself all the sins to a remote place and the man shall release it into the wilderness. Then Aaron is to go into the tent of the meeting and take off the linen garments he put on before he entered the most holy place. He is to leave them there. He shall bath himself with water in the sanctuary area and put on regular garments. Then he shall come out and sacrifice the burnt offerings for himself and the burnt offerings for the people to make atonement for himself and for the people. He shall also burn the fat of the sin offering on the altar. The man who releases the goat as a scapegoat must wash his clothes and bathe himself with water. Afterwards, he may come into the camp. The bull and the goat for the sin offering, whose blood was brought into the most holy place to make atonement, must be taken outside the camp. Their hides, flesh and intestines must be burnt. The man who burns them must wash his clothes and bathe himself with water. Afterwards, he may come into the camp. This is to be a lasting ordinance for you. On the tenth day of the seventh month, you must deny yourself and do not do any work, whether native-born or a foreigner residing among you, because on this day atonement will be made for you, to cleanse you. Then before the Lord you will be clean from all your sins. This is a day of the Sabbath rest. You must deny yourself. It is a lasting ordinance. The priest who is anointed and 
Dane to succeed his father as high priest is to make atonement. He's to put the sacred linen garments and make atonement for the most holy place, for the tent of meeting and the altar, and for the priests and for all the members of the community. This is to be a lasting ordinance for you. Atonement is to be made once a year for all the sins of Israel. And it was done as the Lord commanded Moses. There's a lot in there. I actually went through this week and wrote down all the things that Aaron or the high priest, whoever was the high priest after Aaron, had to do to make atonement. And there was 31 things that I came up with. 31 things that Aaron had to do on this day. Now, the day is called the Day of Atonement in the Bible. Actually, in the Jewish culture today, it's called Yom Kippur. It happens in September or October. This year, it actually was the 27th and the 28th of October. It goes from the evening of the 27th this year to the evening of the 29th. And what they do today, because they don't do the sacrifices, is that it's a day of fasting, a day of no working, um, a day of giving prayers of repentance and of charity work. So that's how the Jews today take these 31 ordinances that were given to them and apply them today. But we actually know that because of Jesus, what happened on the Day of Atonement isn't necessary anymore. But we'll get to that a bit later. Firstly, I want to have a look at what they had to do. And firstly, I want to explain to you why the Day of Atonement was put in place. The very beginning of, first cha of chapter 16 in Leviticus, you would have seen it says, The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, who had died when they approached the Lord. If you jump back to chapter 10 of, of um, Leviticus, you'll find out that two of Aaron's sons, who were also priests, got the cedar, put the coals in it, put some incense in it, and went into the Holy of Holies, um, and put fire there. They hadn't actually been forgiven of their own sins, so they weren't holy when they entered the Holy of Holies. And so fire burned up and they actually burnt to death. And some cousins had to go and remove the bodies and take them out. You can read it in Chapter 10 of Leviticus if you want to. But because people had entered the most holy place of God, God's actual presence dwelt in the holies of holies during this time where Israel um, was in the desert, God said, I can't have this happen anymore. I don't want the people to die because they are approaching me in a way that is actually unholy. So I need to put some things in place so that people can enter my presence, but they can do it in a way that doesn't get them killed pretty much. And so that's why the Day of Atonement was actually put in place to say once a year, one person can enter God's presence. But before they enter God's presence, they need to make sure that all of these things happen. They need to make sure that they have the right animal. They need to make sure that they kill the right animal. They need to make sure that they sprinkle the blood at the right place for seven times. Um, they need to make sure that they've washed themselves and put on the linen garments the right way. That only they can enter the presence of the holies of holies. And then once all of these things have been achieved, then their sins, their household sins, and all of Israel's sins were forgiven. 
But then they had to wait a whole nether year before the high priest again could enter the presence of God and a whole nother year before their sins could be forgiven. I always wonder how the person feels who on the day after the Day of Atonement, they do something that's wrong. Because they've got to wait a whole nother year before they can get right before God again. Have a think about it if we had to do that today. If we had to enter the presence of God, only one of us could enter the presence of God. Only the high priest could enter the presence of God. Not even just the, the other priests that were there, only the high priest and only once a year. And then to do that, you'd have to make sure all of these things were followed to the T. Because if you didn't follow them the way that they were outlined, you so could not be trusted that you would not die by entering God's presence. Because that is how holy God is. It's not because God wants to kill people. It's because his presence is so amazing. He is so holy that anything that is not holy cannot come into his presence. Later on, we see that the priest, what they used to do, because they were so scared that they might die when they entered the holies of holies, they used to tie a rope around themselves and have bells on their ankles. And so the day that the high priest went into the holies of holies, the rest of the priests would be nearby. And if the bells didn't um, ring and they thought that the priest had died, they pulled him out in the rope because they didn't want to enter the holies of holies and then die themselves. That's how serious it was to actually enter God's presence. It is so serious to enter God's presence that God made, as I said, I wrote down 31. You probably could have broken them down more. But 31 things had to be done to enter God's presence and have forgiveness of sins. Pretty mind-blowing when you think about it, isn't it? You know, the thing is, I don't know about you, but there are so many times when I come into God's presence complacently. Even this morning, I rocked up at the factory and I just knew that God was going to be here. I assumed I was going to enter his presence. I assumed that he was going to be with me. I didn't go through any big ritual. I didn't make sure that I washed myself properly. I did have a shower this morning, but that was for my own sake and other people's sake more than for God's sake. And I didn't have to rely on anybody else to enter God's presence. I didn't have to wonder. Now, as a female, I would never be a high priest. That means that I would never be able to enter the actual presence of God. I could be near the presence of God when I went to the temple and that kind of stuff, but never be actually in the presence of God because only the high priest could be in the presence of God. We get to carry the presence of God around with us day in and day out. If you have asked Jesus to come into your life, he's done that. And so God's presence is with you right now. God's presence is with me right now. And I think we do such a disservice to the holy God that we serve when we become complacent about the presence of God. 
And so the reason I wanted us to have a look at what Leviticus 16 tells us is not because you need to know it for any other reason than to realise the change that has taken place from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant. To realise what Jesus has done, to realise what we can do and how easy it is for us to enter the presence of God. But God forbid that we actually take him so complacently that we don't actually remember that we are entering the holies of holies. That when God is with us, that his holy presence is with us. And that actually should mean something. It doesn't mean we need to go and take the animals and, and kill them in a certain way and sprinkle the blood and do all that kind of stuff. But that's only because of what Jesus has done. If Jesus didn't come, this would still be the only way that forgiveness could happen. As an interesting side note, I find it really interesting that this is where the whole word scapegoat came from. We use a scapegoat as someone who is the one that's put the blame on for the thing that's happening. But in here, that's actually what happens. The priest has to put his hands on the goat and give all the sins of all the Israel on the goat and then the goat goes off into the wilderness so that they get the punishment that was deserved for the rest of the people. Now the thing is, God's standard has not actually changed. When God talked to Moses and outlined Leviticus 16, the Day of Atonement and what happened to happen there, it's not like God has become less holy. It's not like God's presence is any different because God is God. He always has been and he always will be exactly the same. And so the only thing that's actually changed is what Jesus has done. The sad thing is that there's people, as I said, the Jewish people still have the Day of Atonement because they don't realise that that sacrifice has happened once and for all through Jesus. But God's presence is still the same. The same presence that the high priest got to go in once a day or once a year after making sure they'd done all the right things is the presence of God that actually lives within us, is the presence of God that we experience as we live our life with God. And so I want us to remember and understand all that that actually means. And I think that's probably the advantage that the Jewish people had is that they actually had fear of God in all the right senses. They had it in the wrong sense as well in some cases. But knowing that this is what it took to get forgiveness, knowing this is what it took to actually enter the presence of God, allowed them to have an awe that I think we just take for granted these days. I want to read... In Hebrews chapter 9. So Hebrews chapter 9, starting at verse 11. But when Christ came as the high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say is not part of this creation. 
He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves. He entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of the goat and the bull and the ashes of the heifer sprinkled on those who were unceremonially unclean sanctified them so that they were outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the internal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? For this reason, Christ is a new mediator of a new covenant, that those who were called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. If you read that in Hebrews and have no idea of what life was like in the Old Testament, you miss a whole lot of depth of understanding. And that's one of the reasons I love the Old Testament. Because the Old Testament and what God was doing in the Old Testament is very relevant to what we experience today. You see, God knew how humans were going to be. And so even when he set up the Day of Atonement, he knew that Jesus was coming. And even when he knew that the temple was going to be destroyed, he knew that Jesus was coming. And so his plan all along was Jesus. But before Jesus came, he put things in place so that people's sins could be forgiven and so that people could know the holiness and how awestruck we should be when it comes to who God is. Because the thing is, God is a holy God. And when Jesus came, he did exactly what was done on the Day of Atonement, but he did it once and for all. Instead of having to do it again and again and again, his blood covers us completely. That's what actually atonement means. Atonement actually means to cover something, for something to be covered and seen as new again. And so instead of it having to be once a year, instead of having to be all these steps, Jesus' death on the cross his blood being shed, him being perfect and without sin, he took our sin on himself, just like the scapegoat took the Israelite's sin on himself. And so he took and did all that was done on the Day of Atonement through his death. And because it was God himself and because it was Jesus, it meant it only had to be done once. And then that forgiveness is for all, forever, never needing to be repeated again. How amazing is that? We get to enter the presence of God. We get forgiveness of sins, not because of the rituals that we go through, not because we did things in the right way at the right time, but because of Jesus. 1 John 1.9 tells us, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You don't need to make sure that your bull that you're getting, your lamb that you're getting, your goat you're getting is without blemish, which is one of the criteria that you had to do in the Day of Atonement. If your animal had any defect at all, you couldn't use it. 
She actually had to be really careful of the animals she chose. The high priest had to be really careful of making sure that he only dipped seven times and not eight times. He needed to make sure he did things in the right order. What do we have to make sure we do? Confess our sins. And because when we confess our sins, 1 John 1.9 tells us, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And it's because of that that we get to enter into the very holies of holies, the very presence of God, not once a year, not through someone else, but me. I get to enter the presence of God. I get to have the presence of God living with inside of me. Corinthians tells us that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. Instead of God's spirit living in the temple, in the holies of holies with a curtain there so that nobody could see the holies of holies. And again, the high priest only went in there once a year. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. But that doesn't make him any less holy. That doesn't make him any less awe-inspiring. There's a song that I'm not going to play and I'm not going to sing, but it's by a band called Point of Grace. It's a very old song. But the chorus says this, God forbid that I find you so familiar that I think of you as less than who you are. God forbid that I should think of you at all without a humble reverence in my heart. Today, I want to remind you that you can enter the very presence of God any second of the day and night. You can live a life in the presence of God because the Holy Spirit lives within us. But let's not become complacent. Let's make sure that we live a life that actually honours the presence of God within us. Let's be grateful that we don't have a high priest that has to go through all these steps, but we have a high priest in Jesus who once and for all did all that was needed so that we can be in the presence of God, so that we can have our sins forgiven. And our role in it is confessing and repenting. We don't have to worry about what steps have or haven't been done. I don't have to wonder, does, has the high priest done it well enough so I've, have my sins been forgiven? I don't need to wonder what happens if I die between the time that the Day of Atonement happens one year and the day that it happens the next year. Like, are my sins covered then? God sent Jesus to be the one and only sacrifice that was needed. The Bible tells us that Jesus didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. And this is a perfect example of this. The Day of Atonement was so important. It was considered and still considered in the Jewish community the holiest of days because it's a day that you actually get cleansed from all your wrongdoings. So it's really important, such a holy day, such an important day in the Jewish calendar. But we can know each and every day, every moment of the day, we can live in the presence of God. Every day we can know that we are forgiven. We can know that if I sin right now, I can confess and repent 
and I'm cleansed again. Romans is such a great book that I love. And if you read Romans, it actually explains it so well. And it tells us that actually when God looks at us, he doesn't actually just see us. He sees us covered, atoned in the blood of Jesus. And so because of that covering, it means that we are always cleansed. Because of that covering, it means we don't have to be afraid of entering God's presence. We can do it joyfully. We can do it wonderfully. But we should do it in a way that actually reminds ourselves that this is a privilege. It is a privilege to be able to enter the presence of God. It is a privilege to have the presence of God living within us. And God forbid that we take it so for granted that we forget that we actually are standing in the holy presence of our God. I want to encourage you this week to remind yourself of the holiness of God. Holiness is not something that we talk about a lot. We love to talk about how much, how loving God is, how forgiving he is, how full of mercy he is. But all of those things become so much greater when we understand that our God is actually a holy God. He's a God who actually has standards. He's a God that cannot allow sin to enter his presence. Aaron's sons died not because God wanted them to die, but because God can have nothing to do with anything that's unclean. I think we forget that at times. And so this week, can I encourage you to actually ask God to show you his holiness? Because my belief is the more we realise how awesome and holy God is, the more we actually come so grateful towards him. The more we realise how amazing it is that God loves us unconditionally the more we understand what his mercy and grace is actually all about because we see how holy he is and realise how much he has done so that we can enter his presence. Jesus' blood did it all. He became the goat, he became the bull, he became the goat. He did it all. He did all that was required on the Day of Atonement so that once and for all, our sins that can be forgiven, and once and for all, everybody, and this is a thing that blows my mind, if we were still in the Old Testament time, one person once a year enters the Holy of Holies. Today, everybody, it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter um, what sex you are, it doesn't matter what job you have, we all get to enter the presence of God. So let's do that gratefully, Let's do that joyfully and let's do that every single moment of our lives because that is what Jesus has allowed us to do. He's allowed us to live in the presence of God. He's allowed us to experience the presence of God. He's allowed us to know that our sins are forgiven. I'm just going to pray. God, I want to thank you, God, that you did allow us a way to actually know you and to enter your presence. I want to thank you, God, that we live in a time where all of us can do that. It's not just one person with a particular job that can, God, but every single one of us can live a life in your presence, God. 
Every single one of us is covered by the blood of Jesus. When we confess our sins and when we believe in who Jesus is, you do the rest, God. So I want to thank you for that, God, and I want to pray that we will be a people that don't take that for granted, that we will be a people that realises how much it costs, that we will go back to Leviticus 16 and realise, wow, there was so much that had to be done and Jesus did it all. And so we don't have to jump through hoops. We don't have to wonder if we've done things in the correct order or in the right way. We can actually live in freedom. A freedom to know that we are forgiven. A freedom to know that I myself can know and live in the presence of God. I don't have to rely on anybody else, God, because you did it all for me, Jesus. And so thank you for that. Pray this week, God, that you would just remind us of your holiness. Remind us of who you are, God. And increase our love and our desire to be in your presence, God. Amen.